Here we go! Hey there, my name is Bubba. My name's Anna. And you're tuned into Church Nerds, an LTN radio morning show and a proud member of the Love Thy Nerd podcast network. Hey, if you don't know what Love Thy Nerd is or who we are or what we do, go ahead and visit lovethynerd.com. Check out all the things that we're trying to do by loving our nerdy neighbors with the love of Jesus right over on lovethynerd.com. We've got a lot of really cool things. We've got articles, more podcasts just like this. We've got video shows. New stuff being added all the time. And one of my favorite things that we do over there is it is a resource hotbed. We've got a Dungeons and Dragons resource that we just released, and we're working on a bunch of other things. So do us a favor, go and check us out at lovethynerd.com. And if you want to get to our Twitch, Facebook, Discord, or just community, type lovethynerd.com slash and enter a word that you like. Maybe it'll work. If it doesn't, send me an email, bubba at lovethynerd.com. It's super easy. We can do it on the fly. No big deal. Cool. Hey, speaking of me, um, I'm Bubba. I'm one of the founders here at Love Thy Nerd. I'm also the CEO and president. Been in church culture work for like ever, it feels like. Every time I talk about it, it, it just it, it only gets longer, you know? Time does keep passing. Right. If Relentlessly. You believe, if you believe time is linear. Okay. Well... You know what? We oh, can have a conspiracy theories episode later where we talk about how you're that whatever. Hey, did listen. we already have an episode about that? Probably. I love talking I about mean, it. I mean, I feel like we've brought it up before. I don't know if we've had a, a full episode uh, dedicated to it. No, I don't think so. I think we did the conspiracy theories game. Yeah, at the end of one of our episodes. We did do that. We did do that. Well, I'm Anna. Thank- uh. <clears throat> I don't really know what to say about myself. I'm just, I'm really busy right now doing well, a lot of yeah. things. Um, I just, mostly I take care of a lot of children a lot of the time. Not even so, just ours, like just no. a bunch of them in general. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a, I'm a church worker in like children's ministry, child care working, preschool is my fave. And... um I don't know. That just, that takes up a lot of my time lately. Yeah. Is it kind of some extra things being added, like <clears throat> sprinkled here and there <laughs> yeah. of, of taking care of kids. And I like to sew things. I've been doing that quite a bit less this summer, but, um, you know, we'll see if I get back at it. Uh, you're doing different things though. Like you, while we're going to talk about this in just a second, but while I was gone, you dyed fabric um, for what I can only assume is the first time in this house. In this house, yes. I would have smelled it. It didn't smell. Oh. Uh, yeah. Why, why did it always smell when your mom did it? Uh, and I mean... Science. Always. Science. So, um, I was dyeing cotton fabric, and my mom usually was dyeing wool, and you use different things as, like, mortars... Mortars, mortants, and you, like fixatives and things like that. The bricks. So with vinegar, well, so cotton is plant based, and wool is protein based. So you have to sort of dye with different 
things because mm-hmm. of science. So um, vinegar is not really so much involved with cotton dyeing. And um, uh, okay, yeah. So yep, that's, that's the, what the smell was. Oh yeah, it's vinegar, Absolute, big time. It was vinegar and hot, hot, steamy vinegar. Vinegar and it's very uh, potent food coloring or not whatever. food coloring. I don't know what it you, was. Food, you color food with food coloring. Well, what what are <clears> animals <throat> if not? Food? I mean, you can you can do a bit of dyeing with food coloring, but it definitely doesn't work well on plant based fibers and it's like so so on on protein fibers so anyway that's uh, welcome to the fabric dying uh, podcast here yeah, on the love Linear podcast yeah. network i did uh use the bathtub though and you thought that that was never going to come out but did you see any dye in the bathtub actually haven't looked yet. ha ha you would have noticed it though i will look so hard anyway anyway <laughs> We are doing back to school things. It's it is time. It feels like early, but maybe I don't know. See, I don't like some people go back in August. I thought September was more back to school time, but I guess not. Well, so you would be in the norm of people that I guess live outside of Texas, which is where we are. I was away at or- in Oregon. I was I wasn't away at Oregon. I was away in Oregon. That's a baby. Um, I was away in Oregon, and what I what I understood was like I was doing a camp during the week that our kids were starting to go back to school, and that's it's, yeah. weird. it's weird to me. Like it's, <clears throat> I understand there's a time difference, but there's not that much of a time difference, you know. Like, but they they start school after Labor Day. After Labor Day, mm-hmm. why do we do it so early? Do they get? Know. Do they also get out super, super, super late? It's side note: When is Labor Day? I think it's in September, right? Okay, so I think they go back the first of September. Some some people were saying they go back after Labor Day. Well, I mean, Labor Day is the first Monday of September. Oh, okay. Well, then yes, it's after it's after Labor Day, and I'm like, dang, that's so late. And they're like, well, when do you guys get out of school? And I was like, I guess we do kind of get on May. Mm, we got out like last last week of May. Yeah, so it's it's Did not. They, they didn't get out until June. Well, yeah, it's it's not a different span of time. Mm-hmm. It's just I I firmly moved. believe that we in Texas ought to school through the summer, full year round. Yeah, I because like the it's model. so no 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 no. I, I think that we should be out of school when it's cooler outside, and you can actually do things oh. outside. Yeah. In the summertime, you just want to be in the air conditioning anyway. Yeah, here's the thing, though. Uh, when, you can't rely on that here. What? When it's going to be cool. You can't rely Cooler. on that. Cooler. Oh, my gosh, lady. It's a relative. Anyway, we did. It's like a rolling summer. You were gone. I was The gone. week that we were doing back-to-school things. Mm-hmm. I'm not bitter. Yeah, you are. It's fine. No, it's not. <laughs> that was a series of lies that you told there was some truth. I see through you. There was some truth in it. You definitely were actually gone. I was gone. gone. That yes. is, yeah, fact. No, it was just like trying to, I, I had to do meet the teacher by myself. Uh-huh. I had to do first day of school mm. stuff with the bus and all of that by yeah. myself. Um, you know, 
so also you know doing every night waking of every animal and child in the house yeah. and getting up at 6 a.m to get the kids on the bus and i was a little bit tired mm-hmm. maybe not my best parenting like my best self probably, my best parenting self probably not i yeah can go, hey, go out on a limb and say was kids, not kids are still here they are barely alive they smile sometimes <laughs> oh man hey to be fair though i also um i had i had to go to oregon on my own poor poor i had to poor i had to be you, poor baby i had to be um basically on the pacific ocean oh rats for a week Darn uh, by it. myself in upper 50s to lower just, yeah, 70s I mean, I weather. To, oh, man. I had to, I had to do, that was rough. Bare my teeth and grit through a constant almost 62 degree <laughs> temperature. Very temperate. Very temperate. Oh, I had to, I had to put a sweater on twice. It was uh, rough. I had to go to the Tillamook Cheese Factory. It's like the less you tell me, the better Listen, it lady, is. I had to go to the Tillamook Cheese Factory and learn how cheese is made. I, I will By say, myself. you did listen people, to me, and it was hard, and we're going to have an episode about this later, I'm sure. It was hard for me, because I didn't want to like bring you down, because I know it's hard when I call, and I'm just like, I'm having the worst time, yeah. and you're like trying to minister, and be present, and you know, focus mm-hmm. on what you know, the, the, the Lord's work that you're doing in 62 degree weather or whatever. Yeah, I'm suffering for the Lord, as it were. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't want to bring you down. But also I'm questioning everything, <laughs> every decision that I've ever made and my ability as a parent for every second. And like, I'm so sorry, but like, we have to talk about this because decisions, parenting decisions have to be made and I can't do them on my own in this case. Like I can't just, I can't just forge ahead and make a decision because this is actually a really big deal thing that happened or whatever. Um, and, uh, it was, it was, it's fine. There were moments that I know I was like, do I, part of me just doesn't even want to bring it up. But I feel like I have to bring it yeah, up. Yeah, nice try, lady. There's no like, way. Either I will explode or I will make a bad decision. <laughs> or both. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Uh, way back when, it mm-hmm. used to bother me to absolutely no end. Yeah? Absolutely. Are and you we officially this... on this podcast? We're having this moment right now I where just, you tell we, me we, it's we've okay. Got, we've got one more minute here. And so <laughs> I'm just saying it, this it is used a, to This is a relationship me. breakthrough. That we're having with everyone right if, now. I feel like we've had this conversation already. No. Mm. Just let me finish. Just I'm gonna let you finish. Yep. But no, I'm done. Beyonce had one of the greatest albums of all time. <laughs> um, no, but really, like it used to. It used to bother me because honestly, I am trying to be present in the thing that I'm doing, and legitimately, when I'm gone, I'm never just like, "Hey, I'm gonna leave for a week. I'll see you later." I'm always gone for some ministerial ministerial reason, right? Like, oh, I'm always on mission. I was mission like, you are or... gone for a week on the regs. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Let's not get it twisted. I'm gone, but but it's like I would be frustrated now if it wasn't so dang predictable. Like it... I just know that I'm gonna get a call or I'm gonna call you. Yeah, and the wheels will have fallen off of the wagon. Definitely, one hundred percent. I get that. And so, like, I'm talking to the kids when I come back, and we're trying to figure it out, but. Hey, anyway, like we're going to have an entire episode about distance and, you know, 
maintaining and all sorts of stuff later. I don't know when we've talked about that, but we're going to figure it out. Uh, yeah. Well, hey, guys, don't go anywhere. Um, we're going to take a short break. But when we come back uh, today, we are talking about Top Gun. Oh, yeah. Wait, I mean Maverick. Uh-huh. I mean Ma- Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, we're, we're heading to the danger this. zone right here on the Church Nerds Podcast. Welcome to The Lightning Round, brought to you by Moviga. I'm Steven with your weekly source for all things movies, video games, and more. Now grab your ponchos and let's catch up on this week's news. Ewan McGregor recently confirmed that early scripts for Obi-Wan Kenobi centered more around Luke than Leia. Was this show ever about Obi-Wan Kenobi? <laughs> the world's second biggest theater chain, Regal Cinemas, is declaring bankruptcy. So I know we've all seen Minions already, but we need to go see it four or five more times. We've got to save the theaters, y'all. Hold on to your declarations of independence. Jeremy Bruckheimer has confirmed a National Treasure 3 script is in the works, and he's hoping to get Nicolas Cage back for it. Uh, I I'm, I'm guess I'm down for that. Sure. The giant video game holdings company Embracer Group has purchased the rights to The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and is eager to explore movie tie-ins, spin-offs, video games, all that stuff. Which is pretty cool, so we'll see what happens. Disney is re-releasing Rogue One with an Andor sneak peek and Spider-Man No Way Home with 11 minutes of extra footage. How y'all feel about all these re-releases? I don't know. I I feel like it's kind of sketchy, but also the theaters are kind of dying, so I don't know. What do you think? Spider-Man is now on PC, and it's the second biggest launch for a PlayStation game behind God of War. Well-deserved. Those are both amazing games. You should go play them if you haven't already. There has been a massive breakthrough in nuclear fusion. Scientists at the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory's National Ignition Facility have achieved ignition, meaning the reaction has become self-sustaining, and you know what that means. The power of the sun in the palm of my hand. Well, it looks like the storm has passed. Be sure to check out the Moviga podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to that sort of thing. Where we're talking all things movies, video games, and more. I'm Steven, and thanks again for joining me this week for The Lightning Round. Hey there, and welcome back to Church Nerds. Once again, I'm Bubba. I'm Anna. And thanks for joining us anywhere that you found us. And if it wasn't LTN Radio, by visiting ltnonair.com. Hey, thanks for checking us out on Spotify, Apple Play. Apple, it's not Apple Play. Any, not, it was never Apple Play. Apple Google Podcasts. Play, Apple Podcasts. Now it's Google Apple Podcasts. I learned this the other day. It's not like Google Play. It's Google Podcasts now? It's, it's like it's like podcasts by oh Google gosh. or something. Hey, wherever you can't found even, us. Can't even keep track. Cool. Thanks. But if you weren't heading on over to LTNOnAir.com for the best Christian indie rock, pop, and hip-hop, do it. It's worth your time. It's worth your uh, finger swipes on your phone. It's worth your finger clickety-clacks. Swipes. Yeah, oh. all the things. Okay, clickety clacks. Hey, you Who's can also, oh, well, I mean, if you got a mechanical keyboard, I guess, I guess some people you have can those. also download the Live 365 app and you can just search for LTN Radio and boom, you can listen to it on the go wherever you want. I think of it like, um, 
You, do you remember when like Sirius FM came out and everybody's like, oh, satellite radio, the what? How does it does that? Mm-hmm. Um, now we you have it in your pocket. It's called your, your cell phone. So It's true. Yeah. And they're still like, hey, Sirius XM. you should definitely pay for this these services. And I'm like, just go download the Live 365 app and just listen to LTN Radio. Just do that. Stick it to the Why man. Not? Stick it to the man. All right. Hey, today on Church Nerds, we are talking all about Top Gun Maverick. Oh, we're Top going. Top Gun Maverick. We're going. I don't know why I nope. sang that. <laughs> no, well, that was that was as awkward, I think, as some of the music they chose for this movie. There was some awkward, especially like the ti- the not the titles, the credits song was like, hmm, unforgettable. I am and confused. Not in, not in the way that the song "Unforgettable" is unforgettable. <sighs> There was something about like holding hands or yeah. something. And I was like, I don't, I don't get it, but uh, you know, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. So, uh, I had never seen the regular any, any Top, Top Gun, Gun, by the way. I, I mean, I know that. Yeah. like we had a lot of movies and on our shelf that I watched over and over again, right. Top Gun was not one of those movies. I think there are probably a couple mm. of reasons why my parents didn't have it on their shelf. Yeah. And Gratuitous volleyball was probably number one. I've talked to some people who are like, I hadn't seen the first one. I watched the second one. It was so good. Then I went back and watched the first one. Not worth it. Because <laughs> 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 there's like this big discussion. Like, is it is it as good as the first one? Is it better than the first one? I think and it's now better. And the question is like, did we even Sorry. need the first one? Because the critical scene that everybody need, like it's it's it's, it's right relived there. in in Maverick, and so you know we know what we need to know. Well, you asked in. me. You said, do I need to go and watch the first That's one? That's what I said. Like, is this gonna? No. And I didn't ask that specifically so I could understand the movie. I asked it specifically so that I could come into this podcast prepared. Yeah, yeah, just this one right here. Yeah. Because, like, really, I shouldn't do an episode on Star Wars without watching all of the Star Warses. So many people do, though. It's kind of like an well, internet staple. Anyway, yep. I, I, if full disclosure, have not watched the original Top Gun movie. Um, and I did not rewatch it before we did this. I have seen it several times. So, I mean, we liked it. The new one. The new one. Yep. It did well in theaters. We were not the only people who liked it. Uh, to say that it did well in theaters is a wee bit of an understatement there. Um, wee? A wee bit. Wee! wee. <laughs> uh, specifically, um, Top Gun Maverick is now the number six domestic, like U.S. domestic number box six. office hit doesn't sound that impressive i mean i know it is uh well when you think about number six so here here are the movies that it beat out all right so at number seven you have avengers infinity war i almost said affinity war avengers infinity war everyone listening should know how i feel about the avengers so it's fine titanic that one, no, you can pff, all you want, lady. That one was. I do specifically remember several of my friends' moms going to see it multiple times at yeah. theaters. So I guess that's. Well, they just couldn't let go. Ew. That's probably what it was. Ew. There's no ew. ew. It, th- that's not an ew. That's mm. him sinking into the ocean when there was no. Room I just on the like door. ew going and seeing that movie several times. Ew. 
It's fine. No. Come on. It's not fine. Jurassic World, which you have not seen. No. I watched it on uh, my flight home. I watched it and the second one. Okay. Kind of a good movie, like Jurassic is this World. Crit Pratt, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Or this is pre Chris Pratt. Mm-mm. No, this no? is the Chris okay. Pratt era. Okay. So he's in that trilogy of movies. Okay. And the first one, Jurassic World, solid movie. Okay. Like I liked it. Second one could have done without it, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, also at number ten, The Avengers. Like the like, the the Avengers. Yes. Um, well, crazy. They uh, they all went to go and see Tom Cruise in another movie, um, which, by the way, I feel like I hadn't seen him in quite a while. I would not classify myself as like a Tom Cruise fan. I think I would. Me? No, myself. Yourself, you're a Tom Cruise fan. Yep. Here's the things I, might I know also about classify Tom you as a Cruise. Tom Cruise fan. To- okay, so one of the movies on aforementioned or previously mentioned um shelf was mission impossible okay mm-hmm. watch that movie don't even know how many times but it was a lot so many times that like tom cruise's face and voice are like he is you know how like people will always be a certain age to you yeah in your brain mm-hmm. and and Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible, the first one. That's him. That is Tom Cruise forever and always for me. And like his teeth are much different in this newest yeah, film. He's had some he's had some dental work done, which I, apparently he's had a lot of dental work done. I didn't know that he had like a really some some major like orthodontic issues. Uh, Side note, previously. I feel like they just made his teeth look normal. You, they look, well, like, like they, regular looked, people's teeth. they looked a little like crooked or off center or something before, yeah. which I was like, I kind of sometimes find that endearing when like a celebrity can just, they just, they go in with, you know, their That's why I haven't got braces. With a reason, to a reasonable extent. We all wanted uh, Steve Carell to get hair plugs. We yeah. did. We wanted that. Uh, but we didn't want to You go back it. and watch that first season of The Office and you're like, Steve Carell, yeah. how did you get more hair? <laughs> Um, then you, can you, go had. Back, you can go back and watch that first season and see exactly how he got them. You can watch like the hair plugs being in, oh, basically implanted over the episodes. So, I mean, do we want semi-bald celebrities? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, yes. but like things like teeth or moles or freckles or things like that, I'm like, eh. What are we talking it. about right now? Oh, we're what talking is- about Tom Cruise's teeth. <laughs> this is Tom. His teeth. His teeth. So then when I watched, the, when I watched Top Gun Maverick, I was like... I just was staring at his teeth so much. I bet if you polled a thousand people and gave them the opportunity <laughs> to answer a thousand different ways, what do you think that the Church Nerds podcast about Top Gun Maverick is going to be? They would never have said, oh, teeth Tom and back Cruise's molds. Teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody would say that. <laughs> back mold. Anyway, so um, we're speaking of Tom Cruise and his aging. Sorry, I keep getting. I keep moving the off. mic away from you, and you keep leaning into Just it. Just excited yeah. about talking. About this, I, I know. Yeah. Um. Anyway, other things I know about Tom Cruise. Mm. He's really short. It's not his fault. He's really muscular. It's pretty jacked, actually. Yeah. I think that he probably has a mus- muscle kind of jacked. structure, kind of like mine, where he might just look really muscular all the time. Doesn't ha- doesn't have to work for it. <laughs> Maybe he does lots of sit-ups. I don't know. What a weird flex. 
that I'm you not just flexing. Did. I'm just a short person. You know, me and Tom Cruise. No, it's not me and Tom Cruise. <laughs> but he had. Never mind. Again, that's Forget that's that's. that's a have 1, we talked about this before? I don't know if we've talked about this before. People who have never been around me in person, this is just. It sounds like braggy, and I don't mean to be braggy about it. But it only sounds braggy if you're not Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> I always look like I do 100 push-ups a day or something, uh-huh. and I, I do not. You do 95. I do zero push-ups most days. I mean, I haven't worked out in a really, really, really long time. I do enjoy working out, but I haven't. And even when I don't, people are like, what do you do? And I'm like, I don't, well, don't want to talk about this. PJ does not let you put him down. Like, it's, I guess, it's just, I don't know. It's like it, just my lot in life. I won the the genetic lottery yeah anyway i feel like tom cruise maybe did or maybe i'm underestimating how much time he spends doing um lots of gym work i think that is what he does (laughs) also another thing i know about tom cruise scientologist he's a scientologist (laughs) Um, he is the scientologist the most well-known scientologist so it's another thing you have in common scientology oh what's what's his name david um blaine no the, the Scientology man, whose name I can't remember right now. Oh, no, I have no idea. David Blaine's a magician, by the no. way, just for everybody. Anyway, David Spade. he's really, he doesn't want to lose Tom Cruise in like his endorsement of Scientology. Um, and we might get like blacklisted by Scientologists oh, for even no. talking about this. No, oh, come on, guys. Uh, uh, Ka- Ka- Cavendish? Cavendish? something i'm trying to think of his name um i have no idea what you're doing right anyway now. he really wants lots of of uh, celebrities to be part of scientology because uh-huh. it brings more attention to it and yeah. it makes it look more successful uh-huh. and tom cruise is like his gold mine so that's the thing that's the thing i know about tom cruise all right speaking scientologist. of scientologist yeah and i yeah well also well, what do you know about Tom Cruise? What did you think of how like he comes onto screen? What do, what, what do I know about Tom Cruise? I know that he was in a movie called Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick. Which was the initial um, <laughs> reason we started doing this podcast. It's the Tom Cruise here. podcast. Mm-hmm. And I know that he was in a movie that worldwide grossed how much, Anna? I thought we already talked about this $1.3 billion globally. We said oh, we, we said oh. it was the number six. See, you I'm got sorry. on such a tangent. I thought we had thoroughly discussed how scientologically your... um, shredded his teeth were. <laughs> um, we 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 lost it. But so so this movie is like critically acclaimed. I mean, all the way people uh, people love this. I honestly have only heard people talk negatively about this movie if they haven't seen it. It's like, okay. Ugh. Top Gun, Ugh, again. Why remakes? Like, right. I'm gonna be real. When I heard about it, I was like, uh, "Do we have no original ideas? We have to remake everything now." And even like this movie in and of itself, it draws off of a lot of stuff that happened in the first movie. So you have Goose, who was you know Maverick's wingman. Okay, you had Goose. Um, his son is actually in, not his actual son, but like Decent his character. Decent lookalike. Son. Yeah. Oh yeah. But maybe well, it was just the mustache. You put a flat top and a mustache on anybody and they'll look Ugh, just like you. Why did they do that? I was like, I I hate that. I to hate me, that. Honestly, it really was the most comic booky kind of like cringe thing about the whole thing. Because I... they they really were like, no, no, no. So see, look. <laughs> huh? Am I right? 
<laughs> and it's like, yeah, I, I, we could have got there a different way, but that he looked exactly so, like a pair of aviators and a mustache. He looked exactly like Goose's character, like he did. Sure, yeah. And so the whole time, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but like there's the, that that dynamic between what happened to his dad and Maverick and how he plays into all that. But this movie, like uh, Christopher Gwaltney, okay. Our, our dearly, dearly departed CEO here. All right, he <laughs> um, he told me that when he watched this movie, which I, again in a million multiverses, never would have thought that Chris would have told me that he watched Top Gun Maverick. Okay, on purpose. Okay, right? Like, but he did, and uh-huh. he said his his message to me. I don't have it in front of me, but I can probably give you verbatim. Okay, have you seen Top Gun Maverick? Uh huh. And I said. Not yet. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Did you watch it? And he said, oh, yeah. I said, and? And he was like, it made me feel things. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, so we were talking about this because you watched it and you're yeah. just like, you know, <laughs> kind of. But I, I, don't, yeah. I don't think that. I found myself getting pulled into the story. And even you did. Don't act like you didn't. Because we both at one point had our hands on our faces. <laughs> going. Yeah. Oh, yes. oh. And yeah. we, kept trying to, we kept trying to predict the next thing that was going to happen. Absolutely. Sometimes yeah. we were accurate. Most of the time you were. <laughs> I was, I was you were more probably in, I the, was. in the 90 percentile. Okay. Um, but when we were not accurate and something happened, it was like, oh, <laughs> oh, that's cool. And it's good to be, you know, caught off Surprised. guard, you know, by yeah. film and entertainment and all sorts of stuff. Uh-huh. And this movie, I think it told a really good story of an aging, uh, I won't even say Tom Cruise, but like that Maverick character, that Pete character, like what would it be like if he basically... Just kept being himself she, for years. I mean, like, never, never really learned. Just yeah. kept doing on, like, what he was doing. I think about like Saved by the Bell. Do you never watch Saved by the Bell? So you don't. Know. Yes, I did. No, How you, dare you? No, you didn't have a television. We used until to you go to the neighbor's house. So. We went across the street to the neighbor's house and watched it's and watched Saved by the Bell on the neighbor's TV. So and never told my parents. So he, <laughs> his character, Maverick's character, reminds me a lot of like a cooler Zach, Zach. Morris. Yeah. And if, if Zach never grew up and yeah. look, Saved by the Bell, I don't know if you watched this long, but it goes into college years. No. And it's. We moved. And so we didn't have our neighbor's oh, TV ne- your anymore. Your neighbors didn't move with you. It's weird. <laughs> but this shows you, I mean, we're talking decades uh-huh. past and uh-huh. he's still Captain Callsign Maverick. Ugh. And everybody's like, really, Captain? Like, Yeah, Captain. You didn't get promoted or anything uh-huh. why are like you that? still a captain you he's, have... he's like wow well, i'm loose cannon you know i'm kind of a rogue yeah but it, could... there were deeper reasons to why he couldn't let himself go but and had a lot sure. to do with goose and all well, the stuff that happened there yeah i mean but it's like he truly it was like he he didn't learn from a lot of his mistakes and how that hindered well, he didn't, it's like he didn't really gain maturity. No. He was very good. It's like pretty people, how they get a pass. Oh, no, I, I you understand. You know, in the world. As because you one, are, because you are one, a pretty person. Because I are They one. get a pass. There's a lot, this has been all over like pretty TV people pass. in the, in the last, you know, 15 years. Yeah. The like, the pretty people thing. Yeah. Um, We're just easier on them. And his is, 
obviously Tom Cruise is a is a pretty person, but also Maverick is like he's just good at what he does. He's, his talent <clears throat> speaks would, for itself. He yeah. could skate by on his talent alone, even though he was impossible to work with. But one of the things is that Ice Ice Man Val Kilmer's Ice, ice Baby, yeah, Ice Ice Val Kilmer, I, yeah, was he was kind of his his saving grace, and. He became an admiral and all that stuff, and anytime Maverick would get in trouble, Ice would cover Which him. Which wasn't he? He was a real jerk in the first movie. Well, right? we saw so, that again in this one. So he, but apparently he learned from his mistakes and gained a little bit of humility or something. Yeah. Well, and so honestly, the Iceman character, Iceman is in this movie, but the Iceman caricature character is Hangman in this one. And yes. he's like this, yeah, I'm yeah. better than everybody. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to be the team lead and you suck, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> and I just told, I told you after, uh, after the, the movie was over, I was like, oh, he's going to be in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like, well. like, cause he plays a really good, that character. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you put all of these pieces and just the most confident Jennifer Connelly that anybody's ever seen. Um, okay. I love Jennifer Connelly. I do because another movie on our shelf. This is this is like being with Bubba in real life. Bubba and me in real life. Like anytime we go somewhere, Bubba actually pays attention to what's happening, like movie plots and how much money they made. And I only pay attention to people. I people watch and their teeth. I guess Jennifer Connelly was in The Rocketeer, which was like my family loved The Rocketeer. I love The Rocketeer. So um, you know. She was, she's definitely older than she was, but she was yep. still like so cool, uh, kind of unbelievably cool. I'm like, she's too cool for it. Nobody's that cool. Nobody <laughs> is that cool, right? Isn't this like an impossibly high standard for coolness in oh, Jennifer Connolly, like the ultimate cool girl? But then it's like, if she's going to play opposite Maverick, who is, all, who is impossibly cool, like all the time. Yeah. It, nobody could have nobody could do the things that he does right that's what that's what pat told you there's no way no way people are doing this stuff yeah so one of our ltn uh, board members is like a he, he basically is top gun uh he is top gun or he like top top gun is the name of the school okay <clears throat> and so <clears throat> Excuse me. He he trains fighter he, pilots. He, he kind of works for Top Gun. He su- was super high in the Air Force. All the okay. good stuff. I don't want to mess up his rank, Pat. I'm sorry. <laughs> he is so very good at the, all of the stuff that he does. Uh-huh. And I asked him specifically about Top Gun because I'm all like, ah, <laughs> right? And he was like, loved it. Went and saw it twice. And I thought, maybe there was a little part of me that was like, oh, he's gonna think this is so stupid, you know. This is that like, he would think Top Gun was stupid. Well, like when when people who are into like computer science or programming or whatever. When I watched knitting in a movie, and I'm like, that person was not knitting. You went a weird direction, but I like it's, it's still yeah, it carries completely unre- unrealistic knitting. Show. Whenever whenever like you're watching Person of Interest or whatever, which you used to watch, and they were like enhance. And then this really blurry picture gets like nice and smooth and they can see it from a million miles yeah. away. That's not like, how computers work. There's no way. That's just yeah. not how it works. None of the interfaces look like that. Nothing. There's not little voices and blinky lights everywhere. Nothing. No. <laughs> and so I was, there was a part of me that was thinking, oh, Pat's going to feel that way about this movie. Sure. And he was like, it's dramatized. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're usually miles away from another airplane, mm-hmm. you know, um, you have like tight formations and all sorts of stuff, but yeah, and you generally do those for, speaking, like parades and stuff. exactly. 
but he was like the all the tactics in it were pretty solid yeah and i was like that's that's what i that's what i want to hear yeah not that i care but like it just to me finding out that somebody who that is their job watched that movie and was like that was very entertaining mm-hmm. that's that's pretty good it's cool man you know mm-hmm. so i i don't know i liked it it's it's whatever okay I mean, what, what what else do you have to say about this movie before we go to break and move on? Well, to the next I, I wasn't sure if we had time, but no, when so I saw Val things. Kilmer's name in the credits, oh, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. because I, one of the documentaries that I have watched in the last year is Val, uh, available on Amazon Prime, rated R. Uh, it's a lot of a lot of swears in it, you guys. Lots yeah. of swears because shocker, Val Kilmer, he, he swears. Yeah. Um, oh, he used he to. is not yeah. in very good health, and um, and he has. <laughs> I don't. Am I spoiling? I don't know if I want to say. I was just when when I saw his name in the credits, I said to you. How can Val Kilmer be in this movie? Just how, yeah. And so they're like texting, he's texting Ice, and we're both like, maybe that picture of him, maybe that's why he's listed in credits. Maybe maybe this is his appearance, it's just him texting. Um, But he does have a scene, and basically they just make him as sick in the movie as he is in real life. And I was like, ah, well played, Hollywood, Uh, well played. I was very shocked. I mean, I think that that was definitely a nod to... I'm. I'm surprised, I guess, that they did it. Maybe a little bit surprised that he was willing to do it because I feel like that's a kind of humili- oh, yeah. humiliating, vulnerable type of thing to act in the condition that he is in. I feel like it's becoming more and more commonplace, though, if yeah. I'm being real. Um, I say that I can think of one other like instance where that happened, uh, and it was I think it was the Psych movie. Where uh, the character that plays Lassiter, he had a stroke, and oh. they they wrote that into oh, his story. I didn't know that. But he he, he ended up getting you know uh, wounded in the the line of duty, and oh. so they used that so, as to explain his yeah. stroke but symptoms. But still, he had yeah he was acting and yeah Val. Mr. Well, Kilmer, once again, it's nasty, like was acting. I mean, it's difficult because when you have been a pretty person, many actors make it to where they are because they are pretty people. Like you have to have yep. a certain aesthetic. Val Kilmer certainly had an aesthetic and, yeah. you know, was very handsome. He was Batman. Knew it. Knew he was very handsome and all of that. He was, uh, um, uh, who do you play in Tombstone? I'll be a huckleberry. <laughs> that was him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, also Moses in um, the Mo- <laughs> in the Prince of Egypt. Oh, okay. He hey. played Charleston Hes- Charlton Heston in the Prince. Of- <laughs> um, well, hey, if you saw it, you know Doc is the that's the Doc. character he was name Doc that you're Holliday. thinking of yeah. in Tombstone. Um, Doc Holliday's sauce. One of his best roles ever. Yeah. Better than Batman. Get on here. Absolutely, uh, only Batman. Every, only everything. You was guys, I really want. I really want you to watch the documentary. But I'm he gonna do it. Really struggled through the Batman. Uh, I'm gonna role. do it. I'm gonna it's watch it. Difficult. I'm role. gonna go right now and watch it. Will you? No, I'll do it after we're done. I, I wanted to watch it with you. Um, hey, we are gonna take a short break. But if you did, if you watched Maverick, you know what we're talking about. You know what we're getting into. Um, 
But we also want to, when we come back from the break, we're going to look at it from a spiritual side. And there are a lot of things to to dive into and pick apart from Maverick. But we're going to look at some of the dynamics relationally that we saw between some of the characters, namely Rooster, who is Goose's son, and Maverick, who was Goose's best friend and the guy that was there when... When Rooster has a baby, what do you think his name is going to be? Her or her? Uh... Has to be a bird. Egg? We just go, Egg? All, we just go all the way backwards? Goose? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, hummingbird. C- canary. Um, <laughs> African swallow. I don't know. We'll figure it. Uh, well, hey, don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more of the Church Nerds Podcast. I'm Chris Shadowin, and this is Reviews of the Nerds. Today I'm reviewing the movie Triple R on Netflix. Rise, War, Revolt, or Triple R for short, is a movie set in the 1920s British-controlled India. The movie does have a three-hour runtime, and it's subtitled, but please, oh please, don't let that deter you. I did watch this movie in two settings, and there's a nice stopping point about halfway through if you would like to watch it in two settings as well. My interest in this movie was peaked when I saw the preview on Netflix, and then my friend recommended it to me, and so I decided to watch it, and boy am I glad I did. This film follows two men, Beam, a simple villager on a quest to bring back a young girl who was taken from his village by the evil British, and Raju, an Indian, who turned against his people and joined the British army. Word gets out that Beam is coming to claim the girl back, and Raju has been tasked with stopping him. I don't want to say too much more about the story, but there is a cool parallel between the parable that Jesus told about the lost sheep and Beam's story about being a shepherd coming to claim the lost sheep of the girl that was taken from his village. If you like action movies, a good story, fighting for justice, bromance, the underdog rising up to fight the evil establishment and crazy action sequences, then this movie is for you. It does have a mature rating on Netflix, but it has a PG-13 movie uh, when I googled it. It earns that rating for the violence, and while most of it is bloodless and just punching and kicks, there are a few moments where it does turn bloody. So if you have young kids, you may want to watch it first, and that'll give you an excuse to watch it again. When I finished Triple R, I immediately went back and rewatched the second scene of the movie, which is one of the best action sequences I've seen in a long time. The second thing I did was make my wife watch it. And so we did a few days later, which she also liked it, by the way. After watching this movie twice, I still want to watch it more, and I want others to experience it as well. All the parts work together so well. The two leading men have great chemistry together. The story elements blend well. The action, while at times, is over-the-top awesome. It's just great the way everything fits together. I found myself wanting to yell out loud at certain points, but since I was originally watching it on my iPad while my wife slept, I had to stifle my yells. Go watch this. You'll thank me later. I'm Chris Shadowin, and remember, a tiger may not make a good pet, but it'd make a great weapon. Church Nerds. Once again, my name is Bubba. My name's Anna. And before we get into the meat of the episode here, don't forget 
go register for Love Thy Nerd Con, LTN Con, by going to ltncon.info. I would appreciate that. Thanks very much. Um, and also, come hang out with us in southern Indiana. Like, that's going to be fun. Um, I would love to see you guys some there. Some of us. Come hang out with some oh, of us. Come man. hang out with one of us listen, in southern Indiana. Listen. One of us and some other people. One of, And many more other people, yeah. A lot of really cool people. Yeah. But only but one of us. not all of them. Only one of us will be there, and you guys can guess which person it is. It's Anna. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's me. Yeah. No, I'm sad. You'll be there for LTN. I'm sad too. Um, the thing is though, mm-hmm. um, I mean, while I would love to be there, the logistics of it just don't work out at this point in Not time. Not even a little bit, no. Because even if we could like afford to travel the whole family up there, we have school, like we would have to get a whole a week off of school basically to do it and we're not homeschooling anymore so we can't just be like nope we'll do this in the summer so it just there's a lot of logistics working against us on it shocker the kids have foiled another plan (laughs) and it's like oh just uh have somebody else take them to school that week and it's like well we do have a great community here. We do. But I really try to not tax them with all of our childcare needs unnecessarily. And we have a lot of necessary ones, but this one would be unnecessary. Nah, so. Agree to disagree. Yeah. Mm. It's the most necessary of all the necessaries. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about here. Oh, do you want to talk about Tooth Cruise again? <laughs> Tooth cruise. I came up with that after. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Like, I kind of still want to talk about his teeth, but we can move on. You did have something that we didn't get to that you wanted to talk about. We did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So one of the things that we were, we mentioned that we were kind of trying to call all the major plot, like, developments because there's a lot of that that once you've watched enough movies and tv you can't you you know it telegraphs you know and one of the things that we called was someone is going to die is this a spoiler Uh, before i proceed yes it is a spoiler but if you haven't seen this movie and you don't want the possible Uh, potential maybe might happen or maybe might not happen deaths uh, you're fine. Just, just turn just it down. It, yeah. Um, we were like, okay, Who's someone is to avoid about Maverick spoilers. I don't know. Nobody. Someone's about to die, and it has to be one of these handful of characters, mm-hmm. like eliminating certain people because, well, this person's not likable enough for it to matter to us if they died. Right. This person is too important to die. You know those kinds of things. Um, like they can't kill off this character because of, you know, certain political issues and things like that. Like it has to be one of these characters and we were both wrong. Oh yeah. In that nobody died. Yeah. No pun intended. We were dead wrong. They complete the mission and nobody dies. And I'm like, and the mission is a bonkers. It's impossible. I was like, they should call this Mission Impossible the next number because this is an impossible mission starring Maverick. Um, Yeah. Because it was impossible. But not only did they Mm. complete the mission, but also 
everybody made it. It was a real Philippines 413 <laughs> moment right there. And and he doesn't come home to like discovering that his, you know, potential girlfriend, whoever, whoever, it has like dumped him and is tired of wait. Like there not everything good happens and nothing bad happens. Oh, it was it was a feel good movie. And it felt so good, but it's also like mm, also, they replaced the gratuitous volleyball scene in the first one with gratuitous uh, fo- football. Fo- fo- football on the beach. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah. So there you go. That's uh, now lots you, of abs. Now you've seen Top Gun. Lots of abs in that scene. Speaking well, of abs. I just, I, you know, my question, though, is like, does that make the storytelling worse? Or is that just something that we have kind of like done that now in order to tell a good story, you really have to kill off a bunch of people, <clears throat> stranger things. Oh gosh. Too soon. Well, you know, no, I think. Cause I was like, I know that this can't all end happy. If this is going to be a good story, someone has to die. And then nobody did like that was, those were my exact words. That's how we've been programmed. Is it programming? Oh, hundred percent. Because in the best story ever told, somebody died. Oh, good oh Jesus. But then, you know. What a weird Jesus tree. <laughs> I just had to do it. <laughs> anyway, that this is the um, church, the church portion of yeah. the podcast. I don't know. Like, I think that it was really good. I think that the storytelling that they did was was powerful. It was meaningful. And it drew you in. And that's some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about here in this segment is specifically, for me anyway, specifically the the relationship between Maverick and Rooster. Mm -hmm. And like I mentioned in in the previous segment, if you haven't seen it or you're hopping in late or whatever, it doesn't matter. Rooster is the son of Goose. All right. Should be called Gosling, but it's whatever. I don't. Gosling is not a good. I'm just saying. It's not a good. Doesn't call sign. make sense for it's, one of them to be one breed of bird, bird, and then. I think it's as I think it's as good a call sign as Bob, <laughs> which was a terrible call sign. That would be my call sign. Yeah, my call sign's Anna. Yes, that's actually, my that's name. call me my name. True story about us. When we got together, you're like, what's we your nickname and what can fighter I, jets. what can I call you? And I was like, I literally do not have a nickname. And you're like, what about Anne? What about Annie? And I'm like, nope, never been an Anne. Also never been an Annie. Fact. Been an Anna banana. Never Anne or Annie. Yep. Sorry. Can't use it. And so you just call me Anna. That's, uh, <laughs> yep. Forever. So Bob, it, that yeah. would be mine for reals. Um, but I, I think that like. The relationship that we see already starts off on the wrong foot between Rooster and Maverick. Right. And so you have this this complex storytelling arc where Maverick is so very indirectly responsible for the death of Goose. There's your spo- there's your spoiler. Um, and by so very indirectly, I mean there was a malfunction in the plane that actually caused Goose to not be able to eject properly. And he hits his head on the top of the, um, or I guess the inside of the cockpit. And that was it. Mm -hmm. Maverick gets out fine. And so of course, nobody who was there, 
Nobody gets to experience anything. This is all like secondhand, thirdhand hurt that everybody is experiencing. And we talk about that kind of stuff all the time with LTN that, you know, when we have people, and if you're not a Christian, again, this is kind of the theme of this podcast in general is enjoy the peek behind the curtain here. We deal a lot of times with people who, who have that hurt that is not their own. So Rooster, he is dealing with this thing that happened to his dad. And now his dad is gone and cannot explain jack or squat. Nothing. He All he has to go off of are his, his experiences as a kid growing up without a father, growing up in the Naval Academy in the in going through top gun and all that stuff and having to deal with this comp i mean overly complex relationship that we find out that maverick actually has with with rooster well that's the thing is like is it secondhand hurt when the really i don't know if it's more than the death of his dad is the fact that so maverick has been carrying this hurt into the relationship with rooster outside of having an actual relationship it's like you yeah. can't have a relationship with him because he feels guilty but he also feels this responsibility to protect him and so he's like blocking him from doing dangerous things well because he wants to protect him so he that's all that maverick mom. sees right maverick promised his mom that he would not let him go down the same path that that you know goose did right and so um, so I feel like, I don't feel like that secondhand hurt. Like, I feel like that, that hurt is it. Yes. That direct. is, that is direct hurt, but he is also dealing with all this other stuff. Like people finding out and, and hearing people hearing and finding out that there is like all sorts of issues going on where, uh, you know, Maverick is basically blackballed in the entire community of these naval aviators, yeah. okay? Because of what happened. <clears throat> now, he's always known as like a loose cannon and all sorts of stuff. So he, he there, mm -hmm. there is a lot of things, right? Hey, crazy that people are just more than the one thing that's happened to them. And so Maverick has not done a good job of dealing with his own grief, with dealing with, you know, his own situation and how he has had to you know kind of i don't want to say get over but but actually like legitimately grieve and deal with the loss of goose and mm -hmm. i think that that just absolutely wrecked him right i think we've dealt with this a little bit too where um it was like he couldn't really even be around rooster without seeing his dad Mm -hmm. And without feeling like sadness and pain and grief. Um, we have experienced um, that a little bit, like, I guess the rooster side of it, where um, it's like, I didn't do anything to you. What's your problem with me? Yeah. Kind of feelings. Um, we we were around some people who had had a miscarriage that... Yeah. Um, couldn't they couldn't be around us they couldn't be around our kids um just because just because they were there and it was like it was too sad too painful for them to deal with in that moment and so our friendship effectively was just suspended for a while oh yeah 
Um, and that was hard. And there was nothing we could do. And there was to nothing we could do. Fix that. It just yeah. was what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that's, it's like, that's, it's not that that's not real. That wasn't secondhand either. No. Um, but yeah, I think that's definitely, there were lots of those themes about anger and sure resentment and you know the the reputation bits coming in and just a lot of like unforgiveness oh um, i mean it was rot not really forgiveness like it was unforgiveness on on rooster's end and it was just like holding at arm's length on yeah Maverick's end. and I, I think that like with maverick what he was what he was doing um we do this a lot of times again we talk about perpetuating narratives and projecting onto people. And I think that what Maverick was trying to do was he was, he was trying to do what he felt was in the best interest of rooster, which to be fair, rooster's a grown man, right? Who is literally in the top of his field, which is why he was brought in to even audition for this mission in the first place. Yeah. Um, but still, the innate desire for Maverick to, like this was his responsibility to watch care over um, over Rooster, it, I, I think it, it even strained more on their relationship. They talk time and time again about, you know, how Maverick pulled his papers um, mm-hmm. you know, from, from flight school and stuff like that. And it was just like, he never let that go. Rooster didn't, he wouldn't. And so even when he saw Maverick was the, was the teacher, he was just like, oh, well, he's going to pull me. He's not uh, going to yeah. choose me for I the mean, team. I mean, this is over. Yeah. Why game am I over. here? Yeah. And it was at that moment that you knew he was going <clears throat> to be on the team. Sure. Um, I was, I was almost certain he was going to be team leader at that point, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and, and Maverick talks about that tension. He says, I'm, you know, basically, I'm going to misquote this, but he said, basically, I'm left with with two decisions. It's, and the outcome is the same. I may never see him again. Either I I let him on this team and he dies and I never see him again. Because it was basically a suicide mission. Oh, absolutely. Should have been. Or I don't, yeah, right. (laughs) Or I don't let him in. And I never see him again. And yeah, you know, so the relationship is—he had already—he'd already admitted defeat. Maverick did in both situations. He had said the no's for everybody, and resolved himself. You know, he was—he was following that narrative all the way to the end, so far as he could understand it. Um, Moving on to like the restorative part of that is when they were actually able, the both of them, to like legitimately physically show each other that they did care because there was care on both sides. Maverick comes in, whips around, shows everybody that he, that the mission is doable, which was a big question mark. He got pulled off the mission and then he came in. He was like, so he steals a plane for the whatever time. Yeah. How do you, how do you he steal plane? so many planes? I don't know. How. Cause you gotta get authorized. It doesn't matter. But like <laughs> he gets in there, he does the little thing, whips around, shows everybody that it can be done. Does it faster and does the whole thing single single man like uh-huh. this is a four a four pilot mission he does he does it all with one person again kind of ridiculous to which i was like uh just send him 
Just do that. <laughs> Why do you need a team again? But You've been trying to get rid of him anyway. I know, right? But at the end of the day, like he kind of earns that respect back on Rooster in that moment to show him, hey, I, I'm not willing to ask you to do things that I'm not going to do. And then Maverick ends up getting appointed to be the team leader, which it was like, that was kind of womp womp. It's so stupid. <laughs> it was really dumb. I didn't like that. But it was a it was a plot point that they needed to get like, to. You can't lead this team. We're not going to let you lead this team. Okay, I'm not going to lead this team. No, you're the only person to lead <laughs> yeah. this team. You are still, you are still the best. Yes. You know that you are the oldest and so, and so he ends up getting, he's so old. He ends up getting like all the way you know, to the end and he's like getting out of there and all sorts of stuff. And then the, the, all hell breaks loose and they get caught in this massive dog fight and blah, blah, blah. Like all these things happen. It's a legitimate Top Gun movie um, in that moment. Yes. And then, you know, this is one of the moments that we called. I was like, oh, somebody's going to cross in front of that that missile and they're going to, you know, and it was rooster rooster uh -huh. blocked the, the hit. And then it ended like, up, oh, well, he's dead. Yeah. Well, and then it ended up mind. being that, Oh no, I'm sorry. Maverick, Maverick ended up, you know, doing, uh, he came and he like used his plane to block. Oh, missile. that's right. Yeah. Rooster did it first, but with flares and then <laughs> he was out of flares and Maverick came behind him and literally used his plane to block a missile ejected. Everybody, in the Navy is like, leave him behind, get out of there. We're not losing anybody else today. Like yeah. all that stuff. And of course, Rooster said, you know, N not on my watch. He didn't say that, but like <laughs> he ends up going and basically getting shot down, trying to, to save him. It's really, <laughs> it's bananas. You should just go watch it. If you haven't seen it, it's crazy. But they end up having to reconcile. The two of them, they, they steal another plane at the end of this movie from the enemy um, that's like a billion years older. And they have, doesn't matter what happened because it's ridiculous, but they have this bonding moment where the two of them are able to see each other as who they are, a person who cares about the other person. And in doing so, it allows them to work together to do the most impossible of tasks. The whole movie was about how impossible the mission was. The mission paled in comparison to them getting out after the mission. And mm -hmm. so, but they were able to, to reconcile and to bond and to finally get out. And I think that like a lot of times we, we don't give other people in our lives the opportunity to see us and to, you know, to forgive us or for us to forgive them. Like there's no mm -hmm. vulnerability in that mm -hmm. moment, even after ridiculous amounts of like, sharp division and all sorts of things. Right. Because I think that sometimes we actually use Paul and Barnabas as an excuse. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, there's been a sharp divide here. Well, guess we can't work together and God will do twice as many things. <laughs> yeah. And absolutely that can happen. Right. But we have also, and we've been in a situation like that before. Like yeah. we were at this church where there was this couple that basically hated our guts for reasons that were outside of our control. Yep. And even when we were like, we would love to reconcile this, it was like we were shut down. They told us under no circumstances, would we even attempt reconciliation? Um, it was very strange, it was very, very strange. unhealthy. And at that point I looked at you, you looked at me and we were like, yeah, we think we're done think here. We're done. <laughs> like there's nothing, we cannot continue work under these circumstances and we're, we've done everything that we could. Yeah. Contrast that with, you know, 
with our church that we're at right now, where it's like, yes, we've experienced church hurt. Mm -hmm. Yes, there are individuals who have hurt us very deeply. Mm -hmm. And we have had kind of the same moment where we look at each other and go, can we continue? And said, we have to, we have to continue because we're not, we can't just like walk away and Paul and Barnabas this thing Mm. because the collateral damage of that decision on not, you know, not just us and not even just our family, but on other families in the church. Yeah. You know, it's like we had to set an example of for our children and for other people around us that it's like, you know, sometimes you get hurt and you keep trying and you carry on yeah. and you, and it's been, and it's been not without its difficulty, but worth it. Yeah. I think yielded far more than walking away would have. Um, and so I don't know, that's just too. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, the Paul and Barnabas kind of analogy, I mean, Paul was a tough guy to work with. He just was a tough guy to work with. I think the, this, this maverick rooster thing is, is probably, um, it's more akin to Paul and Peter than Paul and Barnabas, um, because where they had... Or Paul and John Mark. Paul and John right. Mark. Paul was, and John Mark. Too young and all of that. Um, well, I mean, honestly, that's that's the Paul and Barnabas right. story. Like that's the whole right. You know, so you know, with, with Paul and Peter, they had those guys had it out like in front of people. Um <laughs> but they were still able to to kind of reconcile and, and talk very highly of of each other. And so like it's it's good. We don't we don't get the you know feel good kind of moments there at the end where you know they're hugging each other and everybody lives happily ever after. So it's not how that story ends. Uh, maybe if it had been directed by the director of Top Gun. Absolutely, yeah. Or, or da- the, dangerous. Written zone. written by. Um, and so, but but I do think that it still is like we do see we see these things played out in scripture that it's like hey just because just because you don't agree with somebody just because you think that you've been wronged like the bible which is where we base everything off of okay the bible is very specific um in in the lord's prayer um you know it's it's like hey forgive us we're asking god forgive us as we forgive those who have trespassed against us um and then it's it just says like pretty clear as day like if you don't forgive others, then God's not going to forgive you. And so I think that like, that's not just an eternal heavenly thing. There are a lot of real world consequences to living with unforgiveness. Um, and you just really harboring, I don't even think it's lack of a better phrase. I think it is the phrase hate. And like vitriol towards people. And I think about that like specifically. Every time we do these episodes, these these are things like that we deal with. Anna and I deal with um, just with different people in our lives. Like that's why they're so near and dear to us, these, these topics that we talk about. And I know I'm thinking of people right now that I have this kind of a relationship with where I'm like, I am having a hard time forgiving that person for mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Uh- yeah, Whatever. I wanted to clarify, like, even though I used an example of where we were, we have been able to make it work. That's not always the case where like, 
sometimes why don't you just go and air it out say say full names of people that you're you're you can't forgive right now (laughs) (laughs) i almost got her i almost got her get her Uh, next time but i mean honestly we want you to think critically um that's part of what we do here at ltn is thoughtful content i want you to think critically and christianly about the things that go on in your life whether it's movies that you watch or books that you read or relationships that you have with real people we want you to think about those things and think about how they are in relation to what God has called us to be. And if you're not a Christian and you want to know more about it, listen to more of these podcasts or send me an email, Bubba at lovethynerd.com. Join our Discord, lovethynerd.com slash Discord, or get in touch with us any way that you see fit. I'd love to have a deeper conversation with you and at the very least help you understand where we are coming from on this topic. Well, hey, we're going to take a short break, but don't go anywhere because when we come back, we're going to close out our show with a nerdy recommendation and a Church Nerds weekly verse right here on the Church Nerds podcast. in Nerd History, HBK returns. When the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels left wrestling in 1998, he thought it was for good. He had major back problems and a terrible drug addiction. But in the next few years, Shawn found Christ, found sobriety, and found healing. Feeling like he had one more match in him and a long-term storyline to finish up, he was brought back to WWE TV to confront his former partner, Gone Rogue, Triple H. HBK was not a signed wrestler. He had no merch in the store anymore. He came out in a Caruso t-shirt that said, Saved One, on the back, and he came to stand up to Triple H on behalf of everyone who had been taken advantage of by him in the storyline, that is. This led to what was to be a one-off match at SummerSlam on August 25th, 2002. It was billed as an unsanctioned street fight, and because even HBK believed this was truly a one-night thing, they left it all on the battlefield. There wasn't anything left to be desired. There was something in this match for everyone. Every style, every emotion, and every possible weapon was featured. The ending was dramatic, with Michaels getting the win and celebrating his triumph. It was a proud moment, and HBK made sure he helped make the monster heel Triple H even more despised by the fans. Vicious blows with a sledgehammer would interrupt Sean's celebration, including a brutal shot to the back, which, as you recall, was one of the reasons Sean left the game to begin with. This was intended to write Sean back off TV, give him a victory send-off while still putting Triple H over in the end. But once it was over and done with, Sean realized he wanted another run, and he returned just three months later, winning the WWE Championship at the first ever Elimination Chamber match. The unsanctioned street fight at SummerSlam 2002 was a monster of a match lasting over 30 minutes and exhausting the fans with all that was crammed into it. And it was so well received that it overshadowed the main event next on the card. Brock Lesnar versus The Rock, which was The Rock's final match for a long time as his Hollywood career was picking up. It's a shame. HBK would go on to have the run of his life over the next several years, with hardly a bad match to be found, culminating in a two-WrestleMania battle with The Undertaker that finally put a cap on his career, and he never wrestled again. Do not Google Crown Jewel 2018. Don't do it. He never wrestled again. Do you hear me? Never again. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more Nerd History. Tiger!
Uppercut! Final round, fight! Well, to close out our show today, we do have a nerdy recommendation for you, and I actually don't know how nerdy this is. I don't know how nerdy any of this has been. But Top Gun, I was going to say, like, um, how, hey, how, how into Top culture. Gun are the nerds? Pop, all the way. <laughs> hey. It's, it's like man's man stuff with all the action and the blowing up and everything. Yeah. You know? Well, so. hey, look, Captain Hammer. Not saying nerds aren't manly. That's not at all what I'm saying. I'm just yeah, like di- gotcha. different, different vein. Sure. Here. Yeah, you're doing a great job. Anyway, in that vein, <laughs> the nerdy recommendation today is the Dome Doc. D O M E D O C K. Dome Doc. What is a Dome Doc? I'm glad you asked, Anna. A Dome Doc <laughs> is it's an apparatus that affixes to the wall or any kind of vertical flat surface, I'm sure, that is basically D-shaped, and you can place your caps in it, and I think it holds upwards to 25 caps, like ball caps, uh-huh. on the wall yep. in one spot, and it's yep. fantastic. And the reason it is the nerdy recommendation, you can go get it on Amazon, just search Dome Doc or go to domedoc.com. But make sure you're buying... The original the real Dome one. Doc. The real one. The reason that this is our nerdy recommendation, this is kind of a story as well, is that Radio Matt posted inside of Discord. He was like, oh, this it was under like share, share your nerdy thing or whatever, whatever it was. And he was like, this is my new favorite accessory. And I was like, what? The Dome Doc. You said to me, did we talk to Matt about this? Yeah, because I, I, I don't remember what we talked like, about Like, did we talk podcast. about it on the podcast? Yeah, because he hears all the podcasts before they go out. And I'm like, did we? Did we? So I, I mentioned it. And I was like, oh, hey, did you? Did I tell you about that? I don't remember. And he goes, what are you talking about? No, I found <laughs> it on Amazon. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Because the inventor of that device is a close personal friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And that's not a flex. That, that's just a, a sentence that happens to be true. Yeah. Now, to be fair, this is the flex. We were friends before, before the invention, everyone. Way before. Before he was way famous. Way before. <laughs> and so it was one of those deals. And they literally, literally just moved to our town. Yeah. So we've been like hanging, hanging out. out. Talking about the logistics of trying of like disputing <laughs> business yeah. and and how difficult it is to do business these days when people are always ripping off your design. Absolutely. <laughs> so that being said, you should go buy a dome dock. Don't buy a knockoff. Buy don't the original yeah. dome dock. Yeah. And they're dope. I need to get one. I don't have one yet. We don't have one. I keep saying. Can that. you even recommend it? Yeah, absolutely. I can. Yeah. I know what no, it does. <laughs> But I, this that is was coming weird. off of uh, Radio Matt's recommendation. Yeah. It was weird. I mean, I mean, it shows what a good product it is because it's like that was not influenced by us at all, and not just like, <sighs> hey, this is our friend's invention. Yeah, you should buy yeah, it. I, yeah, and I bet that's why. Like every time I introduce them, I'm like, oh, this is you know, uh, redacted. Um, this <laughs> is, uh, and and they invented the dome dock. Uh-huh. Um, he's like, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's like when people find out that you're in ministry, and then um, it's like, oh, I, oh, 
I was gonna go to church this week, but right, mom, I was just I, on my way. I've to been church. thinking that I need to get back to it. And it's like I'm yeah. really not here to no. like mm. audit your church attendance records here. Yeah, but yes, I would like fries with that. <laughs> yep. Um, but anyway, so that is our nerdy recommendation. Go and check out the Dome Doc if you have a lot of hats and you just don't know where to put them. If you are a person who wears many hats and you can't wear them all at once, cannot. Nope. Just one at a time, and the rest of them go in the Dome Doc. DomeDoc.com, or also just search for Dome Doc. Make sure you get in the original on Amazon. Uh, hey, Anna. Do yeah. You Church Nerds Weekly Verse for us, or what? I do. Yes. So this comes to us from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, I verse think it's pronounced 10. One, 1 Corinthians. You always want to do this. <laughs> Let me say my thing, man. Sorry. Okay. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. Take that, rooster. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So this was written um, to the church in Corinth um, because they were all squabbling about who they wanted to follow and who the real leader was and all of these things. And Paul was like, stop. Just stop it. Just give it a rest. Yeah. Speaking about giving things rests, we're going to get out of here. So if you have a question or a topic that you would like for us to explore here on Church Nerds, please do us a favor. Submit that idea by going to lovethynerd.com slash producer and filling out that little form that's right there. Hey, you can also find us on social media at lovethynerd on all major platforms. And like I've said one million times before on LTN Radio each and every Friday morning by going to ltnonair.com or downloading the Live 365 app and simply searching for LTN Radio. You can also catch Church Nerds on any major podcasting platform, or you can just go to lovethynerd.com slash churchnerds for more information. Hey, once again, I'm Bubba. I'm Anna. She was so far away from the mic, she's usually right up on that thing. Hey, we'll catch you next week on another episode of Church Nerds. And as always, if no one else tells you this today, just remember it's true. Jesus loves you, nerds. And so does BJ. (laughs) 